What if you grew up in a belief system that told you everything around you was an illusion? What if you were told everything that happened to you, from being sick to stubbing a toe to being bullied at school, was your fault for not knowing the truth? What if you were denied even the most basic health care, from pain pills to checkups to vaccinations? How do you unravel yourself from this belief system? And what happens when you do? My name is Hillary Alexander, and this is Leaving Christian Science. Welcome to Leaving Christian Science. Uh, my guest today is Sarah, another Christian Science survivor. Hi, Sarah. Hi. <laughs> survivor is a good word most of the time. Today, I'm like, I don't know, am I surviving? But right, <laughs> did I survive? Am I still here? What's happening? Right. Yes. What is reality? The question for all of us these days, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, Sarah, why don't you start with your family history? How far back does Christian Science go for you? As far back as I can find, um, which is not my favorite fact, um, but it, it goes all the way up my mom's side. So I was born into it. My mom was born into it. Her mom was born into it. I believe her mom, like it just, um, wow. but I'm pretty sure I found where it started. And I do believe it is my great, great grandmother. Um, I got into a bunch of like family tree stuff. Uh, maybe we'll talk about health stuff and some surgeries I dealt with years ago. I, you know, had a lot of couch time in front of me. So I was like, oh, ancestry or my heritage. I don't even know which one, but that was kind of interesting to see how like, you know, my dad's side of the family, lots of, lots of history, lots of whatever. And then my mom's side, like it's only what I personally entered in and I can't even find like obits on some of these. It's just bonkers as you all wow. know. Yeah. So it goes deep um, on my my mom's side. Gratefully, my dad was, I call him like a Christian science apologist, um, but he was raised <laughs> Lutheran and like is not a religious person really. Um, so that that's kind of <laughs> the background. But like we didn't even have aspirin in the house type of a thing, like didn't go to doctors growing up. Um, I was actually opted out of human growth and development in middle school, which was like mm. horribly embarrassing as a twe tween teenager. I don't even know what age it would have been, but um so yeah, we were we were doing it. Was the opting out something you wanted or something your mother oh. requested for you? Yeah, my mom requested it. Um, no, because I think, you know, like my being raised in it, I'm the oldest daughter and I'm a good kid and I wanted to be a good kid. And so I don't know some of the stuff that I'm like really digging into more. I'm like wondering how much of it is. I'm like ready and happy to blame Christian science on a lot of stuff because clearly there's a lot of trauma that comes from it. But I also don't know how much of it is just like, yeah, me trying to be the good girl to actually also some of it. I'm as I'm thinking back, like even the Sunday school stuff as a kid, my brother, who's three years younger than me, um, would just bitch and moan every single Sunday morning, like, no, we have to go, you know. And so I was like, no, no, Drew, we're going, we're going. And I'm the good girl. I've already got my nice pink ruffly shit on. And like, here we go. You know, so I did, was always like trying to overcompensate sure. um, my brother's bad behavior. Um, but yeah, we were we were into it. I mean, I think I believed it as a kid, you know, like that's all my experience was um, until I just looked this up, actually the family tree situation too. Um, when I was seven, my uncle on my dad's side shot himself. So mm. died by suicide. And that was like, obviously a huge tragedy on my yeah. dad's side of the family. And it was dealt with and there was a service and there was mourning and there was grief. And like, we were kind of pulled away from that by my mom. Cause like, no, 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 he's, he's just gone on. Like that's, you know, we are, we, we know the thought. We it's know nothing the to thought. see here. Changing our thought. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so the juxtaposition of that death with um, a death on my mom's side of the family was actually my uncle's stepdaughter died in a car crash. Um, and then just to have like nothing. Mm. 
you know? And so it was like, oh, this is maybe like what normal people like the funeral and the like, you know, loss and the crying. Like we weren't really even allowed to cry as kids, you know, because that, that was just no part of us. We just needed to change our thought, change your thinking, you know, two plus two doesn't make five. Like, you know, that you also know your arm's not broken, you know, that kind of thing. So yeah. Um, and so the arm- how old were you when that juxtaposition happened? Were you able to see? I was like, I mean, uh, I was seven and 10, but, and so that was just like the first kind of like interesting thing, I think. And I was also really confused by like, we did go to the dentist, but we didn't go to the doctor. And I was always just like, I don't get that. Like, What's up with that? That you know, <laughs> yeah, just kind of incongruencies. Um, yeah. And I've always been one to question. I mean, I, now, you know, turns out I went to school for journalism and I'm always asking questions and I always, you know, feel strongly about um, now sharing feelings and talking about stuff. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And so as a kid, I don't think it was that different. You know, I think I was asking questions and kind of pushing back and still wanting to be the good kid. Um, yeah. But we stopped going to Sunday school when I was in high school. And then I was kind of just like, yep, done with it. You know, I would like, I tried to think positively, you know, I, I do believe to a degree there's some power in positive thinking, but not when it is to the exclusion of all the rest of the thoughts. Like yeah. that's the big problem. So yeah. Christian scientists take positive thinking to this extreme extreme where there's nothing else and there's nothing wrong with being like a positive person who you know gives people the benefit of the doubt and has a positive outlook like those are all good qualities to have and it's something i've tried to develop (laughs) later in life um but this thing of shutting out anything negative and not wanting to experience anything negative is so incredibly damaging and also impossible. It's an impossible task. Yeah. And so I feel like, I mean, I just want to say like shame has been a big part of it for me because like from when you were little, when you like maybe had a bump on your knee and you were like, Hey mom, my knee hurts. And she's like, no, it doesn't. We know that's no part of you. You can't fall out of God's arms, all that stuff. And I'm just like, dang, I do kind of still feel like my knee hurts, but okay, I'm wrong. Okay. I'll try to, you know, and then to being made fun of in school for it to then Mm -hmm. just like now recognizing, like it's been actually a pretty recent discovery, uh, for me within the last, Oh, well, I guess maybe we'll get to that, but yeah, it's just, I kind of thought when I was done going to Sunday school, like, yeah, I'm, I'm just not religious. Like uh, that's enough, you know, whatever. Um, and then, you know, the more you, get in and out of relationships and the more you interact with other folks and the more you see the chaos continue within the family that is still practicing, you're like, okay, it's not just as simple as, yeah, I I go to doctors now. And that, that's the part that I'm only now starting. I'm 43, you know, like I'm just now starting to be like, Hmm. Okay. Childhood emotional neglect. What's that? You know, like, yeah. So. So when you left at around high school age, yeah. Did you still think Christian science was a true thing and you just weren't going to participate in it anymore? Or did you think it was all bunk? I just couldn't understand. There was just too many inconsistencies. So no, like I didn't, I think that was kind of more when I was just like, well, you know, keep your thoughts positive. Um, But I just kind of was like, not into, I just have never really thought of myself as religious after that, you know, um, because I was like, that's, I never, at that point I was like, it wasn't a cult. It was just like a weird religion. No one had heard of it. You know, I, I was the only Christian scientist I knew growing up except for two other kids in our class, you know, and I, I grew up in Omaha, Nebraska, which is not a very small city. Um, but there weren't a lot of us. Um, yeah. I never knew any Christian science children ever, yeah. except for the camp, except for camp newfound. That was the only place I had other <laughs> kids yeah. it was always adults and like little old ladies 
<laughs> that was it. Yeah. No, I went to a different, like I had my best friend growing up, um, went to like a Presbyterian summer camp and I went with her to that. And I was like, oh, this seems like there's people here. They're wow. Like you said, kids, cool. Um, and just like a different concept, um, altogether, but, and it wasn't super religious. That's why I was like, okay, I can go to this camp. Cause like, they're not, it's not too pushy. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just interesting with, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I think when I was trying to kind of like leave, it wasn't ever like a discussion. It wasn't ever really like, I am not a Christian scientist, mom. You, you know, like until recently, I did say fuck Christianity to my aunt on the phone recently. And that was a whole other thing. Maybe we'll get to it. We won't. Uh, but yeah, it wasn't, there was never like a big blow up. There was never like a, I'm not doing this anymore. Like er early days, there have been conversations that are a little more heated recently, but um, yeah, it was just kind of like, okay, well, my mom's big thing is, well, I know what I'm going to know. You know, like you can choose to go that route, but I know what I'm going to know. And I'm just like, okay, cool. Super fucking validating. Um, and, you know, I started running into really severe health problems in 2016, 2017. Ended up in the ER because, oh, actually, let me back up a little bit. There's a fun, I think that a couple people have fun stories or it's not really fun. It's horrifying, but now it's fun. <laughs> but um, weird uh, things that, you know, you experience physically that you're not you don't fucking know how your body works. Like that's, I'm, I'm like really angry. I think it's my most close hand uh, feeling lately. Yeah. Um, but like I ended up in the ER because I was leaking green. I'll just oh, put it. Okay. I, I thought it, I was, you know, had my period, but then it lasted for three weeks. And I was like, oh, and I always, as a kid, I actually have specific memories of telling my mom, like my tummy hurts, my tummy hurts, my tummy hurts, my tummy hurts. No, no part of you, no part of you, whatever. Um, and then now it's like, oh, yeah, actually, my insides are a nightmare. I have have endometriosis. I've gone through three surgeries at this point. It was an abscess that exploded. Like, oh, wow. it's the nightmare. And then menopause and no one to talk to about it, you know, because like my mom, like, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Um, she did visit me in the hospital, you know, like she's not like, you know, I've heard some of the podcasts and through some of the reading I've been doing recently and stuff where like people won't even, you know, go into hospitals if their loved ones are there. Luckily, she has always been like this weird kind of supportive, like where her words sound supportive for the most part. But then there's that tone where you're like, I know you're not actually supporting this, but, uh, you know. but I appreciate uh, the effort. <laughs> yeah, you're you're giving it a shot, kind yeah. of. So it was like, you know, she doesn't understand it, but she'll support me type of a thing. Um, and now, yeah, I don't even, it's just wild because now she has been a Christian science her whole life. Obviously they came up to visit. I just moved out of Omaha because like, I kind of had this, like, I need to get away from Omaha. There's so much just gaslighting in general that goes on in that city. And like mm -hmm. also specifically within my family, um, because there's two big, big events aside from me being in the hospital and multiple surgeries and not being able to have kids. And like, that was kind of okay, whatever, but that was my stuff. So, okay. Well, my aunt, my mom's oldest sister, um, she had been progressively losing mobility and gaining weight. And we all, we all meaning the ones who are not Christian scientists. So like her daughter is a, kind of a Christian scientist apologist, but not practicing. Her husband was for a little while and has bailed because he's realized how horrifying it is. My dad, not a Christian scientist. Even my mom is recognizing, okay, something's wrong with Susie. Mm. Turns out, finally, she weighs almost 300 pounds and can't, she's like using a bedpan type of a thing and just doing the work, you know, handling it metaphysically. Um, and we're all fucking losing our minds around her 
because we're like, you are not just affecting yourself. You are ruining the emotions and the lives of like people that you supposedly love and that are yeah. trying to love you. Anyway, long story short, they finally convinced her to go to the hospital. They call 911 because she can't move. No one can move her at this point. Multiple guys come with a stretcher and take her to the ER and they remove, again, she went in at 300 pounds. They remove a 127 pound ovary tumor. Whoa. And how long had that been festering for years? My, my cousin point? said she thought about a decade that she had been kind of knowing something was wrong with her mom and like encouraging her mom to do something about it, do something wow. about it, please. Because, you know, you just, you can't fucking do anything. Excuse my language. I am sorry. Oh, I've go been for it. For 20 years. <laughs> this I is a swear friendly zone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thankfully. Um, yeah. So that was really, really hard. And that was hard to like watch my mom be affected by also. But then that came in handy because then my mom started dealing with issues. And I, um, well, my mom's issue, my, she just turned 70 and it feels like she turned 70 and literally her teeth started falling out. She looks rough. Her eyes are like, mm. it's just kind of not good. And I've been, before I left, I was like, Hey mom, um, do you want to, I'll go with you. To the doctor like we should probably address the fact that you can't see and are driving um or like the fact that you i guess it's bell's palsy i don't know if you had a stroke like a couple times over the last five years one side of her face doesn't move wow oh it's not a big deal it's not a big deal oh my god yes it is but okay whatever you know and i like really struggle with what amount of respect is proper you know yeah. like how do I respect myself and respect your bullshit? Because right now that's the crux for me. Like, I don't, I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. So, you know, kind of gently tried to pressure her, tried to pressure her. No, 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 no. She gets a sty on her eye that turns into a big thing. And here's something else that I think I've heard as a through thread for a lot of Christian scientists. Cosmetics are important and looks are everything. So she has this big thing on her eye and she, I don't wear makeup clearly like I uh, she always is very well made up. She could not uh, do her makeup because this thing was so big. And she knew that years ago I played sand volleyball and I got a hunk of sand in my eye. And I did, of course, go before it was the size hers was and got it removed. Um, so she's like, can you help me do that? And I was like, yep, totally. Cool. Great, actually. Yes. Happy to. Let's go. So we go. They do the tests and like the whole health history thing and helping her fill out the forms is just a joke. And, yeah. you know, she's so, ugh, so much paperwork and what is the, we have to wait here for 45 minutes. They said my appointment was, you know, like just total ignorance and like, you can't really blame her, but also of course I do. Um, anyway, so we kind of get through that and they do the eye checks before they remove the sty and they're like, oh, you have cataracts. Like, can you see? And she's like, oh, it's not that bad. And they're like, okay, you should consider surgery. And she's like, I'll think about it. So anyway, they removed the sty. Perfect. Mission accomplished. Uh, back to being able to wear mascara. Great. Um, and then I asked her a few times, like, hey, do you want to maybe deal with the cataract situation? No, 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 it's fine. It's fine. Cool. So I I move out of state because I'm like for a lot of reasons. But so I'm up here in Minnesota. They come to visit in November. My mom and dad who've been together since high school. Uh, that's a whole other conversation. But they come up to visit. It's going OK. I can tell my mom is not doing well. Um, she just doesn't look good. Um, and she excused herself two meals in a row out at restaurants to go vomit. Mm. And I'm like, and that was news to me. I'm like, dad, what long is, is this? How <laughs> long what has is that this? been happening? Yeah. Yes. God. And he's like, well, it's been happening for a long time. And it happens, you know, five times a week, probably. And I'm just like, 
Jesus Christ, are we going to just like, oh yeah, of course we are. We're going to just act like she's got it handled. You can't push back on my mom. And that's what my dad said. He's like, you know, she, she already knows everything. You can't tell her anything. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to fucking tell her what I think. So she comes back from the bathroom the second time and is bitching about how dirty the bathrooms are. Like, <laughs> I'm just like, you are a pro. You are a pro at just disconnecting from reality. And like, you come back, makeup smeared, clearly not doing well, and you're bitching about the bathrooms. Well, at least I know that's still my mom. Okay, so... I confront her on it. I'm like, what the fuck is that? What is going on? She's like, oh, I think it's just, you know, maybe because of drinking. And I'm like, okay, well then that, you know, then that's a problem because she does drink, which I'm like, that's most Christian scientists don't. Yeah. She didn't for a long time. <laughs> um, like growing up, she never did, but she definitely does now. Well, but wow. now she's anyway. So yeah, that was tough. Um, and I asked her, I said, please, like, I'll come back to Omaha with you to like help you establish a relationship with a doctor. This is not right. You should get it taken care of. Also, your eyes. Also, like, you can't walk. Also, so she's like, it's not that severe. Thank you. So they leave. And I'm, like, sick about it because I'm like, this is not right. And actually, while my mom was puking at the uh, second restaurant, my dad's like, I actually have regrets of letting you be raised as a Christian scientist. And I was like, wow, wow thank you for acknowledging this chaos that we all endure. Um, so that was, like, just in November. And that's kind of what stirred up all of this, you know, for me digging more into it. Um, because then she calls me, I think it was like the following week or something. And she did not remember falling. She's still to this day. She's like, I didn't fall, but she said she woke up with a softball size lump on her head. Didn't remember what happened. And she called me and she instantly, like the second I picked up the phone, I was like, Oh my God, what happened? She's like, I don't know what's going on. And like, she's like, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, mom, go to the ER right now. So I, arrange that. She's like, I don't know who's going to take me. I don't want dad to take me. I don't want, I'm just like, well, dad's your option. He's in the basement watching fucking football right now. So guess what? I'm calling dad. You stay on the main floor. I will call the basement and coordinate for y'all to get your ass to the ER. So they went and sure enough, she has diabetes. She has um, potentially dementia because they have, you know, found some atrophy, generalized, blah, blah, blah. I don't know all the terms, but now she is taking diabetic medication and like, stopped drinking and is going to the gym and is reducing her sugar. And I'm just like, who are you? <laughs> what is happening? Like it's so, so I just feel scrambled because I don't even know how to pro like, I just don't know what to do with that information. I'm grateful that she's taking care of herself. I'm mad that I didn't get that type of care. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm sad that we all are dealing with it. Just bonkers. Yeah. I think that's something that Christian scientists don't ever take into account is how much their actions affect others, the people around them, the people who care about them. They just think, oh, it's just me. If I need to suffer, I'll just suffer. Right. And so that's no, what I, yeah. we're all suffering because of you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> unnecessary suffering. I think that's really, that's really the thing is unnecessary suffering. I just can't stand to watch it. And you know, it's, yeah, it's really, really hard. And so when my mom started going through that stuff, I did say, I said, you know how hard it was to see Susie like that and how all of us were like really hoping she would do something about it. That's how I feel about you now, mom. Like, could you please? And she's like, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, you know, still downplayed, distort, deny, dismiss, like just the same shit. But apparently you wake up with a softball size bump on your head. Things change. I don't know. Yeah, it's a lot to lot to deal with. The other part of the anger that I've been dealing with is after all my endometriosis stuff and multiple surgeries and 
like losing. I don't know. I used to race mountain bikes. Like I've been in the bike industry for 20 years. Bikes has been my life. Um, and I, this will probably make me cry. Yep. But I had to close my shop down, um, because I kept doing surgeries, but, um, I don't even know what I was saying. Okay. So after all that, um, I was, I actually ran for city council in Omaha too, before I left. Cause I was like, I'm going to do whatever I can to change this silly city. Anywho, I was out doing a lit drop one day and I felt like this bad pain in my hip. And I was like, that doesn't feel like like I'm going to walk anymore today. So we called it a day and it just didn't get better, didn't get better. And I still don't know like when to do something about, you know, like I'm still figuring out how to take care of myself physically, to be honest. But um, so finally, my darling husband was like, maybe we could go see like a sports orthopedic guy or something, you know, whatever. I'm like, okay. So, and it takes me so much like energy to make the appointment and then so much energy, you know, you got to like pump yourself up to go talk to these people and explain how like, I came from a very strange background and I don't know what half these words are, you know, like it's just yeah. so annoying and embarrassing again. Yeah. Um, but I go and they do a bunch of x-rays and MRIs and stuff. And they are like, we actually don't think it's an injury. We think you have a birth defect. And I was like, wow. yeah. So they send me to some other guy and sure enough, second opinion, same thing. Like, yeah, you actually have hip dysplasia and deformed femurs. So mm -hmm. you're bad and you have cysts in your right hip and a torn labrum. And we'd like to do a hip replacement, but it's, your bone structure is funky and you are not a good candidate. So good luck. Wow. Um, so that was super frustrating because they're like, as a kid, didn't you like, usually this gets caught and like, you just wear leg braces and it's handled. And I was like, yeah, that was not my experience growing up. Uh, I wish it was. That sounds like it'd be cool to be able to walk uh, as a 40 something year old without pain. But yeah. So it's just like layers. I just keep on raveling and they all piss me off and I'm in pain a lot which I feel like is unnecessary again the like unnecessary suffering I think is the main thing that makes me just really angry and sad yeah I mean that's one of the worst things that I think I've heard on this podcast also and in our group is the things that should have been caught earlier yeah you know the what could have yeah. preventative care that could have made our lives later on so much better yeah and now you yeah. just kind of have to live with the consequences of someone else's choice, really. It was yeah. your parents. It wasn't you. Yeah. 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 So that's a fun one. But my first uh, foray into the medical world was actually when I was four. I, um, I did. I was playing in the backyard with some neighborhood kids. And my mom was back there um, and I finally like worked up the courage to do this like really cool five-year-old flip that my cool older five-year-old neighbors were doing. And I was four, so I was trying to impress them apparently. <laughs> and so I do it and my mom was supposed to catch me. And at the exact moment that I flipped, my little brother came blasting down the backyard on a big wheel, my big wheel, and he was too little. And so she turned around and I flipped and I landed on my arm and broke it. <clears throat> Didn't know that for, I don't know. I don't remember how many days it was before my dad finally was like, something's wrong with her. Like, we're not fixing it with your thoughts. Like we're taking her in. So, you know, I didn't have zero medical intervention as a child. And like, my cousin actually likes to remind me of that sometimes recently. And I'm just like, whatever. Um, because <laughs> she actually did wear braces on her legs as a kid. Mm. So like, the yeah. Anyway. And it's because her mom, the mega Christian scientist was married to, um, a not Christian scientist who advocated for it, but yeah. Just yeah, sad. so that was probably a genetic thing. Right. 
that- and that's why my mom limps. I'm like, I can yeah. see what's wrong with you. I can see what's wrong with Susie. I can see, you know, like I can yeah. see this now. And Y'all they probably see. have chronic pain. Yes. That, you know, we all know is very hard to live with and affects your emotional state and your decision making yeah. and your outlook on life everything. and everything else, you know? Everything. Yeah. And I've been relatively lucky, like been healthy and, you know, I've played sports my whole life and like always been relatively in good shape. Um, and, but I, you know, my doctors are like, well, you had so much muscle from your activities over the decades that once you had these surgeries back to back to back, like you just lost all your muscle mass and now you're janky skeletons doing too much work. So, wow. cause I was like, how did I not know about this before? Like I did get made fun of by another Christian science aunt who I do not like Betsy, you're not listening, but if you were, you know how I feel about you. Anywho, <laughs> she used to make fun of me for how I walked as a kid. She's like, you'd be so pretty if we just could figure out how to get you to walk. Right. And I'm like, mm. I just took that as like, oh, she's a bitch. I don't know. But now it's like, oh my gosh, it's because of your bullshit that I do walk like that. Thank you. Cool. <sighs> yeah, that's wild. Yep. <laughs> I agree. So I think it's probably a good thing that you moved away from all of these people. <laughs> I do too. And it's, it's so complicated because I love them, you know, like that's the yeah. other thing weird for me is like how can I love these people so much and also just be so mad and sad and angry and frustrated and like rageful and I just don't understand them and I don't know it's really weird but yeah. I am grateful that things like this podcast exist and there's other you know oh man my husband was actually in the emergency room the other day he's fine uh he thought he broke a bone in his foot he had a bone spur it was terribly painful air cast for a little while he's fine but we had a two and a half hour wait in the ER and what book did I bring Father, Mother, God, do not suggest it, friends. Do not suggest reading that book in an ER. It was just like, it was bad. Uh, that was real eye-opening. Yeah. And now I'm reading God's Perfect Child. Um, have you ever thought about doing a book club? You know, that's been suggested to me. Maybe you suggested it. I did. <laughs> I okay. want to suggest it again. I'm just a reader and this is heavy shit to process. And it seems like probably just a good thing for a therapist and not maybe a group of people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've read through. all of these books, but it's been a long time. It's probably been, yeah. I mean, it's 2024 now. So it means it's probably been almost 20 years since I first was making I'm... my exit for real and yeah. reading these books. Um so yeah, I do want to revisit them all. I, I think, yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why I'm torturing myself with this stuff. That's right. So that's my question too, is like, why are we doing this? It's painful, but it feels like necessary work. At least I'll speak for myself. It feels like I keep running into these roadblocks in relationships. And um, the move up here was really, really stressful. Um, mm. My husband's an artist and he had lived in the home that we were in. Um, he bought the house 15 years ago. So he's an artist you can just imagine um, the types of collections and whatnot that we had to get up here. Anyway, so it was a very, very labor intensive move um, and super emotionally draining as well. Worth it. We're grateful to be here. Happy. Pick the right place. All that thing. But um, I realized during that move, thanks to Scott's pointing out, uh, I don't know how to apologize very well. And mm. I have some real accountability issues. And, you know, I think my default is to just be like, well, no, you don't know. Like, just talk my way out of it or kind of like help, help you shift your thought on how I've <laughs> fucked up. Like, you might be wrong. Let's re, you know, that's messed up. Like I can, the things that he was describing about me, I was like, you're describing my mom. 
I don't like that. So that kind of helped me dig in a little bit more. And then, yeah, I think just some real deep stuff that you won't fix if you don't address it. And so that's what I'm attempting to do. And this, thank you for this opportunity to, I haven't talked publicly at all about it. You know, it's just something that I kind of was, thought I wasn't a part of, brushed under the rug, embarrassed of, onward, you know, but that's wrong. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I hear this a lot that, you know, cause I'm mostly talking to people kind of my age, you know, I'm in my fifties and most of the people I've interviewed have been on like on either side of that. Mm -hmm. And it does, there's a period in your life, I think, where it's it's easier to sort of brush your Christian science background under the rug because you're just busy living your life and you're young and you're meeting people and you're building your career. And yeah. I mean, I was in my 20s and 30s very much doing those things mm -hmm. and didn't really give all of this a whole lot of thought. <laughs> right. But, you know, then my mother and I had our big split about 20 years ago and that kind of brought it all up and then for some yeah. reason I don't know why I chose now to do this podcast I think I felt like I had enough distance where I could talk about it all without being traumatized mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> and have and a certain sense of humor yeah. about it which I think is important yes absolutely helpful yeah because I told you about some of this Ugh. yeah <laughs> you know I since I've been doing this podcast I have felt a little bad I think because I there's a lot of these things that I just don't like remembering and I don't like talking about yeah. and it's just sad and depressing and no. you know it's just it's just like you said it just sucks yeah the stuff it's sucks up. and it's our reality and and we're all doing our best to overcome it Mm -hmm. Um, and I'd like to think that at this point, I mean, it's been so long for me at this point, I've been out for 20 years mm -hmm. that it's not affecting my life in any big way. Like I don't see any things that are going on. I'm like, Oh, I really need to fix that. I, you know, that's yeah. really bad. Like I'm, I'm kind of past those things. Yeah. Good for you. But I'm sort of in the acceptance phase of like, well, Christian science formed a big part of my personality and my reactions to things and what things trigger me and what things upset me. And, and I'm not going to be able to change all of that in this life. I'm, right. I'm too old. <laughs> I'm not going to yeah. be able to completely rebuild myself at this point. Certain things just yeah. are. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't like them. And it's like, well, it's just where we're at. <laughs> awareness though, you know, like I think that's so much of it is just having the awareness that like, okay, yeah, maybe that is that weird book club shit that I was raised in. Hmm, okay. Maybe this is okay. I can see, you know, and just kind of like, to me, I feel like just robbed of a lot of like experience as a kid and as a, you know, a young adult, like just getting to know bodies are cool. They do weird shit, but like, they're pretty neat. And it would have been like, you know, I actually, i started out as a biology major in college oh, before wow. Because I think I was, I felt so deprived from so much of that stuff that I'm like, ooh, this is interesting and it's so new. And like, so I really got into it. Um, but yeah, I don't even know where I was going with that. Just overwhelmed. <laughs> Important to be aware of something. I love that that was the start. And then now I don't even know what, I have no awareness of what I was talking yeah. about. Yeah. Cool. I mean, one thing since, since the word triggered has become sort of part of the general lexicon in the last few years. Yeah. Um, I personally love that term because it describes so well what I've experienced where you suddenly have this outsized mm -hmm. reaction to something that shouldn't bother you that much. Yep. <laughs> 
And yep. instead of just being a little dysregulated, like toddler, like, yeah. to, to recognize like, oh, that's why that bothered me. And, and you're able to sort of get ahead of it next time. I yeah. found that to be true. Yes. Like, oh, this think- is going to be a trigger. Okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah. And even just like, well, again, I'll keep thanking my husband because he calls me out on my shit, which is not something that has always historically been something that I've had in my partners. And it is so helpful because when you get like, you know, in the throes of the move, you know, some stressful moment, I, I know I'm not acting like my best self, but I couldn't really even tell you what I'm flailing and flinging around, you know, word wise, I don't throw things. Uh, but, and then, so it's helpful to have him be like, Ooh, you know, you said this, 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 and it seems like, you know, I don't know, just helpful to have like a sounding board and kind of mm-hmm. someone to mirror your bullshit back to you and be like, do you want to maybe check in with that? Like, what do you think you're doing that because of? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. To have somebody work. there who can really read you. Yeah. Yeah. Super and helpful. it will stay because this is some, this is bonker stuff, you know, like this is, I, we're not to this question yet, but yeah, it's a fucking cult and I don't like it. And like, it's, kind of scary to dig into that stuff. I mean, it's kind of been together for almost eight years. So I, you know, I'm pretty sure he's not going anywhere because of this, but <laughs> it just, I just feel really grateful for, I I almost have a hard time saying the word grateful. Yeah. But um, talk about trigger words. <laughs> <and activated>. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but I am grateful for him and his support and the ability he has to kindly point out the bullshit. It's helpful. Yeah. It sucks. And I, I'm like, <laughs> And then later I'm like, oh, thank you. Yeah, he was right. <laughs> and I will say that I I feel like one of the positive things that's come for me out of my cult experience um, is that I'm now very empathetic because I understand how people get involved in things that aren't in their best interests and how people believe things that are wildly untrue. And you know, so I'll, I'll never be that person that looks at a cult documentary or looks at a person in a bad relationship or whatever the situation is and goes, why are they there? Why don't they just leave? What's wrong with them? Why are they so stupid? Like, I will never be that person. I will always understand yep. the, you know, the mental manipulation, the, the, the group think yeah. that makes people do these things. Yeah. Totally. You know, I mean, you talk about the most extreme Christian science experiences which would involve you know parents losing a child to an illness in christian science and i'll never look at those people and go i don't know how they could have done that right right yeah because i do know how (laughs) i was in that Mm -hmm. you know yeah and i have a tremendous amount of empathy they they were in that and it Mm -hmm. they thought they were doing the right thing they thought it would work they thought they were doing the best thing for their child i mean yeah And that's, that's what I, you know, just the whole concept of, yeah, they thought they were doing the best thing for their child. My mom, that's the thing that's almost like the biggest mind fuck is like, my mom was so loving in so many ways. And like Mm -hmm. my biggest cheerleader and was at every sport event. And I opened, I've opened a few businesses over there. She's there. She's like helping me paint walls. She's the epitome of supportive when it comes to like showing up. But when it comes to like talking about your feelings, I mean, now, you know, more so, but like, yeah, right. Like, it's just but she never would have thought she was doing anything other than the best she could do. And I think she absolutely was doing the best she could do with the tools that she had. Um, 
but it's hard for me sometimes to not hold it against the other folks that are still in in my family because I'm like, why Allie and I are not Christian scientists anymore. I have another cousin in Arizona, Rachel, who is, and Betsy, the mom that I don't like, my Aunt Betsy, still <laughs> is. My mom, you know, on diabetes meds, but like still knowing the truth. I don't know. And then Susie, yeah, definitely big time. Um, and I just don't know how almost to interact with them at this point. Cause I'm just yeah. like, how are you? You're not stupid. I don't want to say that, but I just don't get it. Cause like the, one of your questions, how did like, what's the difference between me and some other folks? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, I always ask kid questions a lot as a kid. Like I'm just a very inquisitive person and I've always had a problem with authority. And so like, I don't know. And I also don't know how much of that comes from this shit, you know, but, yeah. um, it's just, it is interesting because it's hard for me to not hold it against my mom. Like, why didn't you find your way out? Like, how did you not understand this is bullshit? Like, why am I the one who's having to break the cycle or whatever, you know? But I don't, I don't have the answer to that. And my, my cousin, Allie, who's also not religious um, and doesn't, because I, I just feel very strongly about like organized religion of basically any sort being probably more bad than good. Um, and she at least understands that, but she's still like, I don't know. I don't even know. She, it just seems like she's still okay with it kind of, or maybe she's just more at like your point where it's like acceptance about the stuff that you can't change. And I'm still like, but we got to get these people out of here. This is bullshit. Yeah. Um, like I did send my dad, there's like a guardian article, like watching my dad die a Christian science death or something like that. I don't know if you've seen that one. I I have. Yeah. yeah. So I sent that to my cousin and my dad just with no context just texted him the link i don't know what i was thinking i do know what i was saying like holy shit this is crazy you guys should read it um but no context just like hey and like radio silence like no neither of them have no, <laughs> not a damn thing so i'm just like yeah i'll plant some seeds maybe you know and like really i kind of want to have a conversation with my mom like i am so on the fence about what to do with this because part of me wants to be like diabetes drugs pretty cool huh not puking every day right neat like can you at least acknowledge that but the last time i asked her probably a couple weeks ago i was like can you tell like do you feel better and she's like i can't tell any difference and i'm like (laughs) and then i talked to my dad and he's like she's actually seems like she's kind of lightening up which means less of a bitch and she's not puking and i can tell a difference and i'm like okay cool thank you reality check appreciate that um but my mom still can't even like vocalize that she notices a difference and i don't even know if she's I have a really hard time saying what part hurts, you know, before it's so late that I'm like in the ER. So I don't really know that she's incapable or like trying to be stubborn. I I really think maybe she is incapable of noticing. Yeah. But I'm just so curious and I don't want to, I just don't want to hurt her anymore. You know, like I know she's not well in a lot of ways. Um, So I don't want to add to that, but I'm also like super curious like kind of where she's at now because this I never would have thought this would be where we're at yeah I mean when you said that she actually got help for this I was pretty shocked right because <laughs> you don't hear rare, about that. Yeah. yeah that's a rare no. thing yeah I remember when my her mom was dying actively and my mom she um was like caring for her and I just think of like how just like how much she's absorbed over the decades too, sure. you know, and just like how just so gross and so sad. And so just like, I remember vaguely her like changing bandages on my grandma's like leg or something. And then I, we, we never of course talk about what she even died of. We, you know, no health history, but 
Yeah, just so many moments where I'm like, and all she's doing is saying, nope, that's no part of you. Nope, I'm going to change my thinking. And I'm like, oh my God, I know how devastating that has been for me. Like, I'm sure it's devastating you as well. And like, it's probably going to kill you quicker than you need to do. So, and how much do I get to be selfish and enact my will over my mom's health, you know? Um, And I know it's something that my dad definitely struggles with too, because he is the one that lives with her um, and has for 50 years. Um, So- Yeah, it's a lot. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I often, you know, my mother's been gone for six years now. Mm. And I often think, knowing what I know now, (laughs) with the tools that I have now, Mm -hmm. what would it have been like to try to talk her out of this? (laughs) Yeah. Like, could I do it? I yeah. don't know. A because my memory of her is not great at this point because we really yeah. hadn't spoken since 2006. Right, yeah. So I don't really even know what she was like later in into her 70s. Um and so I'm probably misremembering a lot of things about how she, her personality actually was, you know, because mm-hmm. that's how our memories are. They're not terribly reliable. But I do know for a fact that she throughout our entire lives was sort of in and out. Mm. Like and mostly I- in yeah. But then she would have these moments of clarity of sort of mm-hmm. questioning slash being completely, I'm done with this. This is nonsense. And moving into some other weird thing huh. for like a year. Like at one point she had this like guru and she got baptized and, okay. and we all just sort of stood around like, well, there she goes again. You know, there's yeah. her wacky mother with her wacky seeking yeah. thing. Yeah. But then somehow it always went back to Christian science because- I honestly think it was the thing that enabled her to not have to go to a doctor. <laughs> it was yeah. the thing that encouraged her to just stay home and not deal with this because it's too scary. Right, right. And I can it's see why that scary. was appealing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, know, just, I get it. When you're I don't saying- I want to go to the doctor either. <laughs> yeah, no, no one likes that shit. No, thank you. Uh, I just think and, uh, when you said that, it made me realize like um, I was really involved in politics uh, in Omaha and- advocacy and activism and whatever a lot of different things and um it was really a point of huge frustration for me and part of the reason we left because <clears throat> nebraska is going backwards in a lot of ways and mm. minnesota's going in our opinion in a better direction um but my mom used to just be like i just wish you could just stop paying attention i just wish you could just stop just stop caring and i'm like huh that is not how i am wired I know that that is your preference is just like, if it's unpleasant, just ignore it. But like, I don't like to do that because I'm pretty sure that's not how things get better. Um, but that was just always such like an annoying thing that she would say to me. Like I'd go to city council and testify in front of the council about, I don't know, parking minimums or something. transportation advocacy is my jam. Um, and she would be like, I just don't know why you just drive yourself nuts with that. Like you just, you could just, why don't you just be nice to Sarah? I'm like, that's hilarious coming from you, but okay. <laughs> Yeah. Just ignore it and it'll go away. No, it doesn't. Like, no, it doesn't. Yeah. But my version wasn't really working either. I kind of got like blacklisted by the mayor for being too outspoken. So <laughs> that would be medium. But yeah, I mean, what a what a self-defeating and, and non-productive attitude to just, oh, just don't let it bother you. Like what? <laughs> yeah. What if everyone in the world just yep. decided to not let things bother them. <laughs> yeah. That's like Christian science. Just all you got to do is get your thoughts right. You yeah. don't have to be bothered by this. That's your choice. You can choose your thoughts. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. And there are oh, so many so- new agey groups that tout that same line. And I find that so enraging. It's 
fucking privilege on full display it what it is yeah. and like you know a lot of christian scientists are not yeah they they look like us you know yeah. they're like middle-ish uh, yeah people. privileged white people <laughs> and so like for privileged white people to be telling other privileged white people oh just don't worry about it like that's so that's the problem like that 100%. is the problem and so so i've been kind of you know annoying my parents in those regards for a lot for a long, long time in a lot of ways, just because I don't think it's fine to just sit back and not, you know, that's why I start a business when there isn't one, you know, I wanted a bike and coffee shop. Cool. Start one. I wish there was a transportation equity nonprofit in Omaha. Found other nerds. We started one. Like I am a go-getter, a doer, a finder and a fixer. And that is not really what they like. Yeah. (laughs) That's not a Christian science mentality at all. It really isn't. But what I will say is kind of a Christian science mentality is there are no limits there are no limitations, you know, like, yeah, you can work a bazillion hours a week and you, you know, what's rest? What's, you know, what's self-care? Yeah. Right. Like, so I just drove myself into the ground. I mean, I'm now I've got a bunch of different doctors like, Hey, your stress is devastating you. And I'm yeah. Learning all the time, but, um, the whole go, 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 do, 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 because you, you were never taught that like, yeah, just how bodies work <laughs> and they shouldn't yeah. go to seven. Yeah, and I've said here before that some one of the things that has come out of the pandemic for me and and being on social media a lot and being on social media with younger people a lot mm-hmm. is this concept of your relationship to work. Mm-hmm. But my my idea of work has really changed. And again, this does come from a place of privilege because I've been a business owner for 25 years. Like I, I have been an employee, but it's so yeah. long ago that it's kind yeah. of not relevant. So yes, I set my own hours. I have my own whatever, Mm -hmm. but there's another thing when you're a small business owner that you kind of don't have any boundaries. Cause like your home is your office, your bed is your office. You're kind of always on call. You're never not working. Right. Right. Yeah. And I've learned recently the importance of like self-care rest boundaries. Like I'm not going to work on the weekend. I'm going to, this is family time. I'm not answering that stupid email that can wait a few days. Yeah. 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 That's something too that like, yeah. So I, I mean, I've been in the bike industry for a long time and I actually married a strange gay man in Colorado, another story for another day. But so we had a bike and coffee shop actually in Grand Lake, Colorado. And that is how um, I was able to move back here and kind of do it again. But um, 24 seven, you're never, you're never not going, 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 going. And now like with, cause I, I, am on paper, I am disabled. Um, and so, and actually I work for a disability rights org now, part-time from home in sweatpants, which I love. Um, but yeah, to go from like, started a nonprofit, started a business, ran for city council. Like I couldn't go to the damn farmer's market in Omaha without someone coming up to me and being like, Oh, what do you know about the status of this bike lane? Blah, blah, blah. You know, like I could not escape everywhere yeah. I went. People that I wish didn't have my cell phone number had like, I just, and I was at the shop all the time. So I felt like I was just on display too easy access to people all the time. And boundaries were just not part of my vocabulary until very recently. Um, and then it was kind of too late. And then, yeah, just when I found out that I had to have a third surgery, I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. So close the doors and then was like, well, what? how do you not do everything all the time? That's very different for me. And so, yeah, I'm just now kind of still trying to learn what it's like. And also just like ditching the guilt that comes with not being on 24-7. It's like, that's not yeah. fair or reasonable. And it's like white supremacy culture, actually. And I'm done trying to support a lot of those things. A lot of these freaking systems and institutions that like just really are devastating for a lot of us. Yeah. And and we've talked a lot on here about how historically 
Christian science does play into all of these well-worn American capitalist concepts that right. now and that we're kind of at the end of that road, <laughs> at least yeah. in my opinion, you know, we're learning how people are just so incredibly damaged Truly. by these, these concepts of work and these concepts of what does prosperity mean? And yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's all sort of coming together for me. Yeah. I mean, you because know? it is, it's all, there's intersections to all of it. I mean, that's the sooner I think everyone sees that, the, you know, like any little part of the struggle that you're fighting for your piece fits into all the other pieces. So yeah. that's, yeah, you don't have to do it all because you can't and you shouldn't have to. And your piece is good enough just as your piece, but keep going. Yeah. And I, cause I think how much my mother's and my journey was about how much money played into it. Cause yeah. we were very, very, very poor at times. Mm -hmm. And I've talked to her about how she managed to manipulate someone into supporting us briefly <laughs> with this weird sort of entitled weirdness where like she shouldn't have to work and this person should just give us the money. I mean, it was just super gross and weird and makes me cringe just thinking about it, especially because wow. it all ended horribly, of course. Oh, figure. Horribly. Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> and but that was like her way of quote unquote demonstrating supply. The was like money one was always you know? oh yeah, that the demonstration of supply. Oh my goodness. Just it's all there all the parts are so gross. That one just super pisses me off because yeah. And it was a huge part of our life. Like that term demonstrating supply was something that was like always talked about, prayed about, worried about. I mean, I, my entire yeah. childhood was just constant terror yeah. of not having money, of being out on the street, of mm. losing everything. I mean, it was this overwhelming wow. terror for both me and my sister. And yeah. we still carry some of that this like extreme financial anxiety of like what you know yeah. Yeah. and it shouldn't have been like right that was so unnecessary ah oh, tell you what it's that unnecessary suffering because it's like when you step back and you see how all these things are playing out you just see how much of it is so silly and just like didn't need to do it that way you don't need to continue this way but yeah so like instead but of doing practical human things to make sure that we had our needs met, yeah. which she was perfectly capable of doing, you know, it was all this nonsense, this, all this, like, I mean, she never used the word manifesting in the modern way, but if, if this had been like the two thousands, I'm sure she would have said, you know, I'm going to manifest this income or whatever. And, and, and it was just all this sort of airy fairy mm -hmm. nonsense instead yeah. of just like practical solutions, practical money management yeah, yeah. savings you know yeah. Yeah. basic yeah. things it was always just now we're just going to demonstrate supply and it doesn't really work like that no did it yeah I mean that's what I'm like that's the other thing is you know the whole like pushing back and straw that broke the camel's back or what you know just Susie my aunt the mega Christian science person is not wealthy, not physically well, not, you know, like, I don't know, just the stuff that she says should be possible is like not possible for her. And so 
And then it just sucks because these people think they're just not doing a good enough job. That's the other part that's like super heartbreaking for me is to yeah. just, because I mean, that was also my experience is like, oh man, I really, I like to read and I like to study and I am a good student. And so why am I not able to heal these things on my own as a kid, like shoved in your room with a book when your tummy hurts or whatever, you know, it's just like, hmm. It yeah, just there's a up. tremendous amount of guilt mm-hmm. at not being able to quote unquote, get your healing yeah, I remember I I overheard this older lady uh, on the phone. She was a practitioner, and I remember overhearing in another room her talking about how she felt like such a failure because she had never healed a case of cancer. You know, and like imagine how many people feel that way. Imagine how many That's practitioners I, have yes. this incredible guilt Doing for it not wrong. being able to do the yeah. impossible. Right, right. <laughs> you know. I know. I know how many people, how many Christian scientists are walking around carrying this terrible responsibility of, of perfectionism and you should be able to change the weather with your thoughts. I mean, all these things that we were told in the brochure (laughs) that we should be able to do. It was in the brochure. Yeah. (laughs) It's right here. here. Yeah, I know. And yet none of us can do any of those things. Shockingly. Which Ugh. automatically means it never means the system is wrong. It always means we're right. wrong. Yeah, clearly. Clearly yeah. That's the problem. I know. Any book that just puts raise the dead right on the front and has no demonstration of that, like, yeah, just bonkers. I mean, like, I just, you know, I actually recently went to um like Christianscience.com or whatever, just because I was like, oh fuck, I wonder what their current presence looks like, you know? And I just can't believe it. Like, I just, I just can't believe it. The stuff that they have. It's just like, and it's the stuff that has always been there, you know? Okay. But it just, when you yeah, I was curious because like, I don't, I'm, I'm scared. <laughs> yeah. I look at these uh, things. So where, where yeah. are they at now? What are they talking yeah. about? <sighs> just, I mean, honestly, just the fact that they still have raised the dead on the front of their damn website. I'm just like, cool. Okay. Got it. Still Cast out demons. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. And then there's like, yeah. Once the lepers. Are there still lepers? Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. It's just also. And I, I do, I just really struggle with like, how do, because this doesn't feel like I'm being respectful of those people. And I really try to be understanding. And like, I do have too much empathy sometimes. Like I cry at the drop of a hat if it's a happy or sad, you know, like, but oof, I just, I just am so confused as to how these people continue. Um, but I'm also like not a God person at all. You know, like I, I think... I think agnostic is the the right label for me these days. I saw this great bumper sticker that's like agnostic. I don't know and you don't either. And I was like, yes, perfect. Cool. Can we all just like be a little bit humility? Like, can there be no humility? Can we not all just be like, you know what? Maybe we don't know. Maybe we shouldn't try to shove shit down other people's throats. That would be cool. Yeah. Um, I should call myself an agnostic because I, I do believe that's a better way to frame it is that I'm not saying I'm right. Yeah. But I don't know. For some reason, atheists just... <laughs> Hey, I'll, if you're an atheist, for me, good, I'm just going to keep that. Yeah. yeah. But agnostic Absolutely. is technically accurate because even, you know, I even say to my kids, I'm like, we don't know. Yeah. I, yeah. I think it's extremely unlikely that there's an all powerful being that's directing everything. I think it's extremely unlikely, but I don't know. What do I know? <laughs> right. Right. That's kind of where I'm at. Is I'm like, maybe they know something that I don't, but yeah. I also the just... smartest bulb in the book <laughs> but you know what i am observant and i can see that there's a bazillion different religions across the planet and if every single one is right like what the fuck that doesn't make sense like there's just so many fallacies and i just yeah, they can't be all right yeah i appreciate yeah 
the truth, which is also activating knowing the truth. Now I like feel very strongly about truth and honesty. And it's not that, you know, it's not that. And so for them to like co-op these words, like science, for example, or truth, or like some of these things. Yeah. I mean, that's something that's interesting about the way our brains work. And I'm frustrated by it is that somebody like they can tell you this is the truth with a capital T and somehow that's kind of convincing because they're so convinced it shouldn't be <laughs> they're just saying it like I why still, do we yes when i so when i was talking with my aunt susie again who i love um about her experience in the hospital because i went and visited her you know and was like yeah you're here like oh my god we didn't think she was gonna make it scott and i were like she's not this is like she weighs like her face was gaunt she had no she looked like she was not coming back so she did. And so, of course, it's a miracle, you know, like, or not even a miracle. Of course, she's fine because God told her she just needed to take out the trash. So now the trash got taken out. Okay. No, fine. Yeah. And so she's like in the fucking ambulance proselytizing to these ER dudes about Christian science. And they're like, she's like, and they were so excited to hear about it. I'm like, yeah, because you seem crazy. Like, oh, you're fascinated. Yeah. I'm not sure that they're into it in the way that you think that they're into it. Also, maybe. I don't know. But yeah, it's just just kind of sad and embarrassing and like you're like these are like adults that have had a lot of time to like maybe read some other books um yeah it's just it's just wild like even just like um i don't really maybe not hygiene but like wound care uh Mm -hmm. probably two years ago my mom got i don't even know what she did to her finger but it i don't know i i was like it got all big, just the, there's just so many grotesque images in my head that I wish I didn't have because yeah. of Christian science and so many like stories heard and experienced that are just like, they don't almost seem real, you know, like that's almost been a struggle that I've been having with like recapping some of this is just like, yeah, that, how could that have been real? But like, yeah, it sure was, you know, I know that I'm not making any of it up and like hearing some of the other stories from the other folks that you've interviewed, it almost feels like, yeah, like reading my own biography you know it's just really it's powerful strange stuff so I'm just keep saying I'm happy that you're doing it but but it's it's gotta be super hard and yeah be nice to you take care of you if you need to be (laughs) done yeah (sighs) I I I read a book recently I cannot remember the title of it but it was about like a time traveler woman Mm -hmm. it was a science fiction book and she goes back to the early 1800s and there's a lot of medical stuff in it or lack thereof, like that she really focuses on very intense descriptions of injuries and quack science and, you know, the local doctor coming and giving you leeches or whatever, you know, nonsense was available at the time. Right. Right. And I, you know, I couldn't help but thinking as I was reading it, like, yeah, Christian scientists do that stuff now, you know, that, that level of like, even just a simple thing like wound care, Oh yeah. And lack thereof. Yeah. Like people are doing that today and thinking that's normal. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. You know, and it's just because they don't know otherwise. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like almost if I were to ask my mom now, like, Hey, how's it going? Having a body made of matter, like, and acknowledging that it has <laughs> needs and like doing some things about it. Um, Yeah, I am so curious. And I'm so like worried about just like shaking her entire worldview. And like, I don't know if it would be worth it. It feels selfish, you know, for me to just like, I want that. But then I'm also like, you know what? Fuck that. I I get to be selfish. I've been like 
neglected emotionally for a long time, not intentionally, but like, it is what it is. Here we are now. And I have questions and I wonder if you do too, you know, mom, I wish, like, I think yes. that there's, there's part of me that, that feels like she's gotta know. She's gotta know that this is just not right. And I remember I, as I was trying to talk her into like, when she was up here visiting, I was like, you don't have to give up on Christian science to go to the doctor. Like, can't you just, can't God like be helping the doctor? I don't fucking know. Um, but I'm trying to like make, you know, I'm bargaining with her at this point to try to get her to do something. And when she finally, you know, when I actually did drive back to Omaha, when we, after the ER visit, when we got her set up with her doc to go through all this stuff, cause it was a multi-stage visit to get, cause she has literally not been to the, any kind of doctor since she had my brother 40 years ago. And so just telling that to the doctor, I almost felt like I was almost like an interpreter or something, you know, yeah. because, or a patient advocate, I guess is what maybe the real words would be, but, um, it was just, it was very difficult to be in there with my mom. It was almost like she was my kid. It's just all fucked up. It's just like a, such a weird, and I know you're not my therapist, so I won't, but, um, yeah, <laughs> it's just real scrambly when I'm just like, it's okay, mom, it's reasonable to have these reactions. Like, yes, this is a lot of information. And here's how, you know, part of me is I'm like, you're lucky I've gone through this shit and figured it out so I can help you now. And you're welcome. And then I don't know, also just, yeah. It is what it is. And I am happy that I was able to be there for her and guide her through it. And she had a great experience and she like is still going, you know, it's, I never thought I'd see the day. I, yeah. we, we, thought, I we, we all thought she was going to die when COVID happened. We're like, mm -hmm. that sucks, but that's that, you know, like, and mm, yeah, I don't know what it will be. And I don't know, you know, how she'll continue to react to things as they unfold in the future. Um, But I guess, yeah, I'm just, pleasantly surprised that she's addressing the current situation because yeah. it will, you know, it like, would have killed her. Yeah. Yes. It would have killed her. Yeah. And, um, you know, the like puking regularly multiple times a week. I was like, mom, I don't really care. Cause she's like, well, I'm not really counting. And I'm like, well, dad is. And also if it's more, if it's like regular enough that we can talk about it as a recurring thing, that's too much. Like, can you not even acknowledge that? And she couldn't even um, acknowledge that, you know? Yeah. So it's like, I'm, I try to, you know, that's what Scott and I talk a lot about is I'm just trying to like get a little acknowledgement of reality wherever I can from her. It's like, can you, can we agree that like the sky is blue or like, can we agree that you do have diabetes? Like, I don't know. So it's kind of touch yeah. and go and I'm feeling it out with her as it progresses. But yeah, it's been a real doozy of a, I don't know how it's February, but that all came to a head in November. So only a few months ago. Yeah. The way, as you're describing it, I'm picturing a game of double Dutch with these flying yeah jump ropes to hop in and, and i'm yeah. picturing you like just trying to find that in like yep. where how do i do this <laughs> without getting slapped in the face of the without rope it, yeah. yeah it's yeah. so having it's my so mom hard. just like totally you know like implode and never talk to me again or like i've also worried about my mom being suicidal in the past like she's had some depression issues and when i tried to bring that up to the doctor because i'm like you know let's just talk about everything that you got going on mom like you don't sleep well you to me, you talk about how you're depressed, you know, kind of a lot, not in those words exactly. Of course, no, 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 I'm not depressed. What do you mean? Like, no, 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 I'm not depressed. I'm like, yeah, okay, okay. Um, so I just kind of try to meet her where she's at and like encourage yeah. her and like almost like a puppy, pat her on the head, like, good job, you went to the doctor today. I'll take it, you know, um, and hope to just show her all the support in the world um, for doing things like taking care of her body. Um, and it's just so strange to like say those words out loud. That that's yeah. like- you and know? you really have become the parent now. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, you're the parent now. And, and we, we, we went through that with our mother too, where the, the roles switched <laughs> because she became so helpless, you know, yeah. because of yeah. illness. And, and I, I had that same dilemma that so many of us have had with older parents where how much do I bury myself to make them comfortable and continue on in their delusion comfortably. And I just do that for yep. their safety or whatever. And how much do I assert myself? Right. You know, cause I, for, for a couple of years, I buried the fact that I was a hundred percent not believing in Christian science anymore for her comfort. Exactly. But it just nagged and nagged and nagged until finally I was like, I have to tell her, I have to say the words Yeah. because I'm kind of, I was sort of like doing that thing that many of us have done where it's like, oh, your, your parent is sending you all these articles or they keep sort of using the terminology and lingo and you just don't respond yeah. and you think like, well, right. that's enough to kind of keep me protected because I'm not engaging. Yeah. And so yeah. for a little while that was enough. Right. <laughs> But then it got to a point where I just, you know, I had to just say the actual words. And I think that was the first time I'd ever said it out loud to anybody. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, in our case, it went horribly wrong, you know, where she yeah. did cut me off. And then, you know, we were estranged for 12 years and then she died horribly. So yeah, yeah it's kind is... of the worst possible outcome. Right. But at the same time, it was the inevitable outcome. Like it, it yeah. was going to go that way, no matter what I did or said. Right. And I could right. either be a part of it or not. Yeah. And I mean, so. I think high five for standing up for yourself and doing what you knew you needed to do as hard as it was, because that's the thing. I mean, I remember when I told my mom I was leaving the state, she, she didn't even have, we didn't even have a conversation. She was just like, no, 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 no. Like she like literally just like that. And wow. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a fun. That's a reaction. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, I mean, it was a year process of us like letting her know that we're we're gonna take a trip to St. Paul and explore. We're gonna take a trip, you know, like, um, so we tried to kind of make it easier for her to digest, but yeah, it's that balance of like their comfort and your comfort. And then like, I'm just pretty happy with just reality. Like my reality is what I will be interacting with in with you or not, but like, here's where I am. Mm -hmm. Um, and I really do know that, I mean, you know, boundaries we talked about for a second. Yeah. Right. Like my mom would just show up at my house unannounced, even after I told her very expressly, like, that's not okay. Like I'm an adult married. We have, you know, like, don't just show up at our house. Um, so there was just a lot of issues with boundaries in general. And I did not realize how much of a better outlook on my own life I would have, like just the perspective that I gained from moving out of that cesspool. Um, and it has been whew, hard, but necessary. And um, yeah, I just, I'm never going back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was a big, big turning point for me, even though I didn't realize that it that's what I was doing when I left New York City yeah. or Los Angeles, which is a completely different environment, like on many levels. Mm -hmm. um, you know, years later, I, I realized that what that move was really about was just escaping <laughs> right. and asserting like an identity and yeah. rebuilding right. myself and just being free. And I still, yeah. 
I mean, it's yeah. been 31 years I've been here now, and I still think of this as the place where I can be free. I can be myself. It's my yeah. identity. Yeah. I'm not that anymore, you yeah. know? So a change of venue is like shockingly yes. helpful. <laughs> to be underrated, yes. Yeah, way more than you would think. It it yeah. really changes your whole mindset and, and allows yeah. you to just be this whole different person. Yeah, yeah, it's wild. Um, you know, I used to be in everyone's phones in Omaha's bike shop, Sarah. Now I don't own a bike shop. So it's like, oh, who's this Minnesota version of Sarah? Like I get to reintroduce myself as like, yeah, I mean, not a whole different person because I'm not a whole different person, but I'm also not that person anymore. Yeah. yeah. It's like kids going home for the summer and coming back as this completely reinvented <laughs> junior high schooler. It's like, yeah, this is your chance to be totally different if you want. And it just makes me realize like how much I was still conforming to my mother's desires, you know, like I remember, God, this is actually super embarrassing, but this all is. So here we go. <laughs> I was in high school. Um, and I remember I was out at the mall with some friends and I was looking at like a shirt and I remember being like, I don't know if my mom would like this shirt. Like I couldn't even fucking buy my own clothes without running everything through my mom's brain, you know? Yep. And I just like, that's just been my unfortunate default for way too long. And now, well, when I was in Omaha and feeling like the real friction of like just her reality and mine and just a lot. It, it's so interesting because I feel like the gaslighting starting at the mom level all the way up to the mayor level there, it was just like suffocating. <laughs> and so now that I can breathe again, I'm like, wow, that was really messed up. And like, I really did put up with a lot of strange treatment that was really unnecessary from a lot of angles. Um, and I think that I was used to putting up with shit because I was raised to just put up with shit. Yeah. Um, so these you know, relationships like, were very familiar. Yeah, yeah. yeah, truly. I mean, I've had, unfortunately, abusive relationships um, that I am like, I think I'm comfortable in shit for too long because I was raised to just, if you don't feel good, you just kind of ignore it. Or at least that was my interpretation or something. That's how it worked for me. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it just, it changes how you relate with others. Yeah. I mean, Christian science hundred percent teaches you to bury things, put a happy face on. Like there's, I've talked about this a lot here. There's, there's zero concept of, of conflict resolution, right. you I, know, which is a huge, important life skill <laughs> that I had to teach myself much later in life, you know? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I wish I'd had those skills as a young person. It would have saved me a lot of not great experiences if I'd just known how to work through something rather than right. just running away or just getting right. mad or just lashing right. out or, yeah. you know. Dismissing and downplaying it. Yeah. I had a weird conversation recently with my brother's girlfriend who we all adore and hopefully he'll figure out how to keep her around. Um, but we were talking about how, because um, she actually was Mormon for a decade or something like that. We were talking about high control religions. And um, I was like, have you ever talked with Drew about it, my little brother? And she's like, oh, yeah, he says he's fine. And I'm like, that's yeah. hilarious. Okay, <laughs> chortle, <cute>. chortle. <laughs> yeah. And then um, I was explaining something about how we were not shown what grief really was, you know, as a kid. It was just like, oh, yeah. nope, that's, you know, we just... If it's not a good thought, it's not a thought. Like, we're just, that's how it is. And yes. she's like, it really explains a lot about some stuff <laughs> to your brother. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. 
sorry. <laughs> hey, actually, you know what? I'm going to, I kind of, I don't know if I'll send them the podcast now that I'm on it, hmm. but maybe I will. Cause I've, I've thought about if nothing else, my brother sometimes will send me weird podcast recommendations and I kind of want to be like, Hey, Drew. Check this out. Yeah. <laughs> because I think he's kind of like I was where it's like, Oh, whatever. And actually, I don't even know the last time I've heard about him going to the doctor. I don't know that he does actually. Um, but yeah, it just, it, yeah, it makes me question so much. Like, how is this affecting my brother? How has this affected him? Like, how is this affecting his relationship now? How is, how is he not aware of it? Um, but yeah, it's just, it's so deep into everything. It touches everything. Yeah. And then it's so hard to figure out which of these things are A, worth trying to change or B, changeable at all. Right. You know, that's kind of the point I'm at where I feel like I'm fairly self-aware yeah. And I know why I do the things I do and why I react the way I do to certain things. Yeah. But there's a lot of these things where I'm like, I don't know if I can really change that at this point. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it's really worth the trouble <laughs> to try to like completely change my personality. <laughs> yeah. I would say do not change your personality. I think your personality won't change. I'm personally just, yeah, like we were talking about, just trying to have the awareness um, of what harm I am perpetuating, you know, really yeah. is what it comes down to yeah. for me. Like I so badly don't want anything to do with it. And so I get really frustrated with myself and, you know, go figure, perfect, 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 perfect. Um, so I've always been really hard on myself and always strove for perfection, of course. Mm -hmm. Um and now I very happily say perfection is a myth and get out of here with that. But yep. it's still like, I have to tell myself that on repeat, like, no, perfect. That's not a, that, no, I don't like that word. That's not, that shouldn't even be a word. Yeah. Um, that's not a goal. No, that's not <laughs> a goal. Perfection is not a good goal. No, to have. <laughs> and that's been my whole goal, my whole fucking life. And yeah. it's exhausting and it's ridiculous and it's not possible. Nope. Yeah. So just yeah, I've had two big life experiences that really were helpful in beating out that perfectionist mentality. One was the business I run is an event. So it's this big convention that I run once a year. And I've done that since I was 25 oh. years old. So I've done it a lot. And you learn when you're dealing with large groups of people mm -hmm. that it's never going to be perfect. No, no, it's always going to be a nightmare and you're just going to barely get through it. Yes. And from all the event planning I've done over the years, you're always just like, oh God, okay. Yeah. yeah. And it's been like that. I've done it 25 times and, and every time, time has been yeah. like that. Yeah. I mean, I've managed to make it better for myself and like I delegate more now. I'm not as much yeah. of a control freak. So I've made it less insane, but yeah. this concept that we're ever going to have a year where nothing goes wrong. Yeah, right. You just have to let it go. And that's yeah. really, really hard. But I feel like I've gotten better at that. Yeah. And yeah. then the other thing is being a parent, you know. It's, I don't know. Thank goodness. <laughs> it's so <laughs> not. I a parent because, oh my goodness, I cannot imagine. It's so not what you think it's going to be. And your kids aren't what you think they're going to be. And I'm not saying in a negative way. It's sure, not like, yeah. oh, it sucks. You thought it was how could be you have done? Yeah. It's not that. It's more just that you have to accept a certain amount of chaos and imperfection and uncomfortable things, Yeah, things being dirty and things being gross yeah. and things not being the way you want. And you <gasps> want everything to be perfect and clean. Yeah. Yeah. And they're just yeah. not. And, and yeah. you know, I've been in the parenting game for 12 years now and it's like, you know, it is what it is. Like you just have to throw up your hands. And, yeah. and that's incredibly freeing actually. Yeah. yeah. And you come from this incredibly uptight, yeah. perfection 
everything has to be a certain way and it has to live and the people have to behave like this. It's like, no, they're not going to do what you want. Really yeah. <laughs> and you just have to deal with it and go, oh, well. Yeah. You know, and guess what? Life goes on. Yeah. Cool. Okay, fine. Yeah. It all Next. works out. Practice failure. That's what yes. I, yeah. Like I'm just, yep. I'm just trying to get comfortable with, yeah, that practicing failure. My, my big experience with that was when I ran for city council and I knew I wasn't going to beat this very well-liked wealthy incumbent. Um, and I did not beat him, but I did <laughs> keep an anti-mosque person out of the primaries and an anti-mask person out of the primaries. So there's nice. four primaries, me and Pete made it to the general. Um, and I gave him a run for his money. He sent out bike propaganda in the mail. That's when I knew I won. But um, that was a whole practice of futility. Like I knew I wasn't going to win, you know, and that was a really weird thing because of how, no, yo, you do this and it's perfect and your goals and get them and blah, blah, blah. So that was, that was a hard, weird one, but I, I knew it going into it. And I was like, this is going to be a really valuable lesson for me to go into something knowing I can't win or mm. won't win. I jumped into the late, into the game late and I don't know, lots of excuses probably, but um, yeah, that was a, that was an interesting one. And of course life goes on and people love the campaign. And I met a bunch of cool people who I didn't know that were huge support. Like it was a really beautiful experience Yeah, um, and yeah, and it's okay to fail and it's educational. <laughs> yeah. And humbling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which I can also use some of them sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Humility is great. You know, yeah. that, that's something we never had as Christian scientists, the ability to look at yourself and go, I'm not perfect. Right. Because you absolutely are perfect. God's perfect and you're a perfect reflection of God. Yeah. Bah. <laughs> you know, to just have that freedom to be like, yeah, I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to do the wrong thing sometimes. I'm going to react. Yeah. Not in the best way and have to apologize later. <laughs> Learn and go on. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. be human. The freedom to yeah. just be human is so yeah. delightful. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Refreshing after all yeah. the all the robot years. Yeah. Like everyone else got to have that. You know, yeah. my Jewish friends and my Christian yeah. friends, they got to be like, yeah. yeah, I'm a sinner. I'm like, awesome. <laughs> Sounds interesting. Okay, cool. Yeah. How like can I get some of that? Yeah. <laughs> Tell me more. You yeah. Go, hmm. <laughs> All <sighs> right. So speaking of kids, I do have to run out yeah. and pick them up from school, but um, let's, let's go over my last couple of questions. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you consider Christian science a cult? I do. I, uh, so again, reading God's perfect child right now, some of the like history and background on her as the human is fascinating to me. Holy buckets. Yeah. I mean, she lost a lot of close people in her life. And how do you not have a mental breakdown? I think she was an unwell woman in the 1800s. So like right there, you're not set up for success. Um, but if you can gain the attention of enough people and then put yourself on a pedestal, yes, go ahead. And that's what she did. Um, and I do think it is a cult. And I think that like there was no... Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just definitely do. I think very, very high control religion, clearly. And... Um, a leader charismatic leader yeah i don't think it's lined up for not a cult personally yeah so you know, so you know yeah i don't know the question about whether or not she she was an intentional con artist you know I, that's that's something i still would like to know and i don't know that there's ever really an answer to this but like was was this all a setup i think or she was, was there some truth to it to her i think there was truth to it to her I think she was mentally ill. So I think that that was her reality, um, you know, delusion. And I think that she 
you know, with the Quimby situation, she seemed to really rely on his thoughts on a lot of things. And um, I don't know, but like boarding house to boarding house and her son was taken away and like, sounds like quite a dramatic experience. Um, and I mean, just thinking about anyone's experience in the 1800s, uh, let alone an ill, physically and mentally ill woman, um, just doing the best she could <laughs> trying to get attention. It was also like the same time as like, wasn't it kind of in the same era as like John Smith and like other, some other religions were popping up and it was just kind of like a time oh, where yeah. people in what sticks. And um, yeah, so I think that she was delusional and I, I do think that she probably um, believed a lot of it. Um, but then I was also reading something in that God's Perfect Child book about how like they were making buttons and stuff with like her favorite flower on it and selling them. And like, that was there's mm. MLM shit in there too. You know, I think it was like a weird kind of marketing scheme delusion that she mostly believed, but also was scared of almost. It felt like she was like, I can't heal people. Like, yeah, I think, I think she believed it. I think she was delusional and unwell. And I just really feel sorry for her actually. Yeah. And Get somebody mentioned, I think that. Emily mentioned on here that she was a Victorian hot mess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think so. Yeah. And there were plenty of women in those circumstances who didn't have like these stable marriages and had children taken away and you know yeah. i'm sure that was it a very common experience i think i was reading that like as a woman you couldn't have a child in your custody if you weren't married and yeah. so when her husband died they took away her kid it's like how is that not gonna fuck you up and it then is. like dad died and her other husband died and like yeah i just think she had a rough rough go of it and was scrambling in an era of very little information so yeah and sadly, she gave a lot of very ill people hope. I know. Not hope that worked, but <sighs> <laughs> I mean, Ugh. people were desperate. People yeah. were still desperate, but true. True. And that's, that's actually then. that's where I see it stemming from is desperation. And I think we've learned a lot as a society, I hope, since then. And we should just recognize that like the stories that were written. You know, like we're arguing whether or not milk is good for you or not. That's changed in the last couple of years. You know, like, why can we not argue? I guess we are. <laughs> but why are people still holding so dear to these ancient fucking textbooks? Like, I don't want, I have no Bible club, you know, all these book clubs where people like structure their entire lives off some strange story that wasn't even written when it, whatever. I don't know. No, I think it's all full of questions for me. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing still that this thing that was really created and and mostly had most of its power, let's say, you know, between 1870 and 1900, that anybody would give that any credence at this point. I mean, it's been 150 years. Like, why are we still? Like that's, I mean, part of me, like, I'm almost glad that I'm a fourth generation or however many generations, uh, because like, yeah, that's one thing to be born into it and whatever, but people who find it on their own, like this day and age, I'm just like, what is going on with you? Are you like yeah. also desperation? That's where I think it comes from. But I mean, yeah. shit with my chronic pain problem, I've held a Tesla coil in a basement of a chiropractor, you know, like I've done desperate shit. Uh, <laughs> I'm still not like thinking I can raise the dead and like pray my way out of this stuff. But like, I understand how desperate times call for desperate measures. And I think that's yeah. where she found herself. Yeah. I mean, my mother was an adult convert. I mean, she was 29, 30 years old when she found it. She'd had a normal medical life up until that point. 
Yeah. What what was that about? <laughs> why? Right. I know. In the 70s. It wasn't the 1870s. Yeah. Like why? Yeah. Why was this appealing? I think it's just I like to say there's two kinds of people in the world. There's campers and non-campers. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I think there's also there's magical thinkers and non-magical mm, thinkers. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And I think she just that was the thing she never kicked. And that was like the common thread was magical thinking. And I've yeah. certainly, I was raised in that. I've been slowly pulling that out of my brain for 50 oh. years to get rid of magical thinking. There's still little wisps here and there of it. Because it's easier. Lint, you know, because yeah. you want to yeah. believe. You want to yeah. believe in magical things because it's fun and it makes you feel yeah. good. I guess. But, you know, and so I think that's really what it was for her and probably a lot of these Christian scientists is there's there's a magic to it. Yeah, yeah. And that's very appealing. You want magic in your life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But there isn't any, just, I don't know. Yeah, I'm at the point where I'm like, actually, I don't want magic in my life. I just yeah. want like reality. Seems... I want reality. Yeah. Yeah. No wild, those of us yeah, who are like deprived from the reality, we're like, that's what we would like, please. Like facts, reality. Yes, that's what I would like. But... Yeah, I want the truth. I don't want to be lied yeah. to. Yeah. No matter yeah. how harsh it may be, you know? Right, right. Shouldn't be too much to ask, but yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your time. It's <laughs> fun. Well, fun. thank you so much, Sarah. It was a, it was really a pleasure talking to you. I I love how articulate you were about all this stuff with your mother. I really I really <gasps> relate to it. Being in that terrible conundrum of yeah, how do I handle her now? Yeah, it's so hard. Right. It's yeah, so yeah, it is. Well, so. onward we will go. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad she's getting the medical care. So yeah. that she can be comfortable and not suffer and yeah. And stress out everyone around her. Yeah. yeah. And hopefully maybe you can kind of I think I'm seed. gonna just yeah. I'm just you know she's actually she's getting cataract surgery tomorrow. So oh, I will good, good, good. That's great. We're crossing our fingers, hoping that it goes well. And then the next eye the next week. So I'm sure there'll be all sorts of fun things from that. But yeah, yeah there'll be plenty of cognitive dissonance that maybe you yeah. can yeah. You can help guide her through, maybe. I hope so. <laughs> Time will tell. All right. Well, thanks again. I'll see you on the internet. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening to Leaving Christian Science. Disclaimer, I'm not an expert. I'm not a historian. I'm not a therapist. I'm just an ordinary, imperfect human who had the misfortune of being born into Christian science. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the guests and do not necessarily represent those of the host. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to replace professional, medical, legal, or psychiatric advice.